It's episode 23 here at the Catching Up Podcast with Connor and Nick. And today we're talking about tools that Nick and I use to stay organized uh, while we started our companies. That transitions really quickly into being so fast paced. How do we actually take time to slow down? Uh, And then lastly, we're talking about an article that Google was running fake pizza ads on YouTube and some of the lessons they learned from running food ads on the platform. Uh, Really exciting stuff for me. I'm super interested. I hope you enjoy episode 23. Thank you so much for listening. Leave us a review, comment, tweet, post on Founders Live. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any topics you want us to talk about, please let us know. Um, Thank you very much once again, and please enjoy the show. yo good morning nick how is it going it's going well man uh it's friday and uh we got founders live seattle tonight so i'm i'm pumped awesome with the show tonight like uh for for our listeners here like what uh what goes into the day of preparation of, of your events you know, most most months I kind of I prepare a little earlier in terms of uh, some of the things like in turn. Well, I have other people get actually, for instance, the wine that we're going to grab. But I have to like I have to go grab the wine today. I got to go grab the beer. And then I actually intelligently or not intelligently scheduled um, to film some conversations, some interview conversations today because uh, <laughs> it worked out with our videographer and his team to be up here in Seattle. So I'll literally be, I'll be filming for like, and then grow, going right into, you know, setting up and, and preparing and, and having the event at 6 PM tonight. So it's a packed. Day. Yeah. That's a really full day. So you're, you're like, shooting just, with uh Josh from Zenergy films, right? You got it. Yeah. It's Zenergy films. And you know, they're, they're really our point contact video team and they put out great work. If you look in, if you look to any uh, founders live conversations, we sit down with other entrepreneurs and founders and talk about their story. And um, so I will be talking with um, uh, one of them is Amy, Amy Nelson, that is the CEO and founder of the Riveter, which is a co-working space here in Seattle. And I'm excited to chat with her and get her story and really where they're going excellent excellent so you've got a ton going on which leads me into (laughs) uh the first topic here that i want to talk about today and and i've been struggling with organization here running my own business i just like i'm juggling so many things and i'm moving faster than i can uh or maybe that i should and and i'm not kind of instilling certain software or principles to stay organized. So I'm curious for you, like what tools are you using, whether it's online or offline to stay organized every week to keep track of running your company? Yeah, I would, I would agree that I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm running fast and it, there is a point that it, I wouldn't say a breaking point, but there does need to be even more tools to be used. But right now I, I really lean on, like, you know, just the Google suite, you know, just like Google Docs and Google spreadsheets, which, you know, that's what we use actually to coordinate what we're doing. It's amazing that they're actually so efficient uh, from a, a basic standpoint. They are, you know, they're pretty much free. Um, the ability to, I instantly create docs, you know, for most anything now, like a, a basic spreadsheet 
or a, a document to like, you know, create like, you know, thoughts down. And then um, if I need a spreadsheet, I'll do that. Um, and then, so that's pretty, that's a basic stuff and it's attached to your email. So that's all good. Um, I then use, uh, I use a, a application called align to well, align today.com, but you know, it's called align. And, um, that helps me align my priorities from a quarter, you know, yearly quarterly, and then into the week and the day, what am I going to accomplish that day? So, uh, every Sunday I'm listing off what I want to accomplish the week. I, I coordinate that with my calendar. And so I'm using my calendar on my phone and, um, I pretty much hit align every single day to look at like, okay, what's important. What am I doing today? And then that maps to the week. And I was literally just talking about this with someone yesterday, which is, you know, they were kind of mentioning like, oh man, like I just, I feel like some days go by and I just, it's the day's gone and I had a crappy day. And I was like, well, I think the better view is have a great week. And in that week, you might have a day goes by that you're like, man, I didn't really accomplish what I wanted to. But the goal is if you have every week be uh, accomplishing main, you know, your major things every week, you put 52 weeks together like that and you you're, you're definitely moving forward as not only a business, but a person, you know, but so, so I use this software to help me align my week and, and that's what really helps me. Yeah. I think that's a really good perspective to have in kind of balancing um, macro perspective with like micro execution because Mm -hmm. yeah, you really can't get caught up in the success or failures of, of really anything in a single day um because it can just either be debilitating and ruin some of the other tasks that you need to get done um but just very few things that are super impactful happen on one individual day a lot of times it is Mm -hmm. kind of spread across multiple days and there are multiple factors obviously big decisions come in like at certain moments uh, but I think that's really good perspective about it. Like, all right, this is, I have a friend who's a chef here and he schedules out his calendar um, just by weeks, right? So this week, I think this is week 34, 35, right? And he just goes, yeah, like, what am I going to do with week 35? Here's the plan. Here's what I need to get done. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think that's a really good idea. Some of the tools that I've yeah. been implementing for my business uh, to stay organized is I use this service called uh, bonsai it's at hello bonsai.com and uh it's a friend of mine so that's why i use it but it's a automated invoicing and billing software um uh, but it, what how they started was they went through y combinator and they were doing um con like easy contracts for freelancers um so you know they worked with all these lawyers and vetted all of these kind of open source contracts where they just have a form you fill out the form and it plugs in all of that important information into the contract so you can send it off um, to kind of get contracts signed by your clients. Um, and then it's turned into billing software and they've got some more things coming out. But that's helped me a ton. And then Google Calendar has been uber important to me. I like live by my calendar now. If it doesn't make it on my calendar, like I'm just not making it to the meeting. Um, and then I just started using this, why I brought up the topic is I've been trying to experiment with a few different uh, content calendars, especially because now that I have more clients and I'm helping manage their social channels and create content for them, 
Uh, it's been all over the place. And a lot of the content that I've been posting on Facebook, I've just been scheduling it directly in Facebook. I know I need a more scalable model. Um, so this mm-hmm. week I'm playing with an app called CoSchedule. Um, and it's more or less, it's a calendar view. And they have a tool that you can uh, pretty much design all of your posts. It doesn't work with Instagram, unfortunately. Um, but it's great for Facebook where I can uh, type in all the text, add the links, um, tag the businesses add the photos, whatever I want. And then it's all just shows up in a calendar view. And it also has a way to segment campaigns. So if I want a campaign for uh, feature Friday, right, coming up today, and I want to start it two weeks early, what I can do is I can create a series of posts. So there's like the anchor post, uh, which is like the main one, and it might have a link to the Eventbrite page. And then it'll create a series. So it's like three days from the original post, we'll do a second post, right? And then Five days later, it'll be the original post posting it again. Um, and they kind of like create the sequence for you. That's really interesting. And uh, yeah, hmm. shout out to CoSchedule. It's uh, been interesting. And, and uh, maybe I'll, I'll follow up because I'm going to try a few different things to really find the best answer. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's so many out there. And I think in the end, it's just like figuring out ways to make, you know, your, your stuff more efficient and um, fluid and simple. Like those are the things you're looking for. Yeah, totally. Um but you know, let's let's go on that because the, I I actually threw on a, a topic here that coincides with us a little bit, and it's you know my question is in this fast paced industry, you know how do you how do you slow down each day? You know this is a this is a theme that's come up recently for me from some of the conversations and interviews I've had with other people, and you know I think you know in the end <laughs> the, the success of People that are massively successful, I believe, find ways to be very slow and deliberate when things are moving really fast. And I, so I guess for you, Connor, like given what we just talked about, some of the tools that you're using, other things like how do you actually stay present and slow when it's like we're just running around crazy every day, it seems like? Yeah, I've actually kind of had a little bit of an issue personally with wondering if I if I'm going too slow because I have been very conscious about uh separating right just enjoying life and like having some free Mm -hmm. time right and and not like hustling my face off all the time right because because I'm doing work I'm doing plenty of it and sometimes I feel a little guilty right even if it's at 10 o'clock at night and I'm just like chilling on the couch um and and i've had a few of those nights i had a a really late meeting on wednesday and i drank a cup of coffee at 4 p.m and it was a terrible idea and it kept me up really late and Mm. you know from 10 p.m till 2 30 a.m that i was up i didn't do any work and i felt a little guilty because i was like i'm clearly like up and jittery from this cup of coffee like you know this this four hours could be significant but it just ended up like being mindless um, right. And I like played FIFA for a little while and I watched sports center like three times. Um, <laughs> and so, I, I mean, I feel like I've done a good job. I'm a little worried that maybe I'm doing it too much. Uh, but doing yoga has really helped. Um, but yoga is also work because I'm doing the videos for the yoga studio. Um, so it kind of mm-hmm. like has a little bit of imbalance there. Um, uh, but you know, I, I really look at my day as an 18 hour day and work isn't nine to five for me. So since it kind of work is inserted seven days a week, 
you know, I'm just trying to learn how to flow each and every day with like, if from eight to 9am, like I'm just chilling and not worrying about work. That's fine. Because I know from seven to 8pm tonight, um, there will be work. And so it's just trying yeah. to find it's finding the balance. I also don't know. I felt a little guilty that I'm don't know how to find that balance. Um, and it's different for every every person, but definitely exercise is super important and, and taking some time every single day to like turn your mind off is very important. Yeah. What about you? What are you yeah, doing? It, you know, it's I've been paying more attention to this and I, I would kind of counter or at least like, you know, I would just say to what you said, like, dude, it, it's so natural to feel that you know, feel guilty or whatever the, the feeling is that's like, oh, man, like, you know, if you're working hard and you have big ambitions and you want to create something, you're most likely going to want to work all the time. And unfortunately, that's not the best. I mean, if you want to stay sane and have a healthy life and help healthy relationship and and simply enjoy life, I mean, there has to be some limits and barriers. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm realizing just putting more deliberate barriers on um you know just how late i work in into the night which usually it's about seven probably about 7 p.m i'm i'm trying to close unless i have like a happy hour meeting or whatever but if i'm coming home i am not opening the laptop and working past 7 p.m most of the nights and that's great and um the thing is it makes you be incredibly efficient during the day and if you're efficient during the day you should happily like it, it going back to some days you just it is what it is and you're not for some reason accomplishing that main thing that you need but over the week if you're if you're effective and you accomplish it what happens is you can be happy with the amount of time that you have put into work and then you at least can be enjoying the times where you you ch- you know turn off and um you know i mean it's it's just it's tough i get it and I think I'm in a slightly better position than I've been in the last, you know, three, four years that, but yet I'm running really hard, but it's deliberate, like specific times of the day. And then I'm, I am just so done with the trying, you know, I'm so done with like being guilty of work, not working at 10 PM. I, I mean, honestly, it's kind of bullshit. So <laughs> um, ha- have, have a life, give yourself the leeway and the freedom to, you know, turn off and relax i view it as like exercise right you can't exercise 24 hours a day so and also you can't exercise every single day so you have that recovery that brings you back to the maximum efficiency for the next day that to me is it's an ebb and flow and yeah. the moment you find that that balance dude you're on fire i, I love how how you kind of how you said like you've got to be intentional about your time Right. And kind of mm-hmm. hitting that ceiling and just being like, by seven o'clock, I got to be done with all these things. Um, I think that's a really good mentality. I should probably implement something like that. Um, <laughs> ju- just, yeah, to to avoid like if I'm watching TV or, or doing something um, that, yeah, I don't feel so guilty about it. If, if any of you guys out there listening uh, feel the same way, shoot us a message or uh, respond to this on Anchor, shoot us a tweet uh, or post on Founders Live. We'd love to uh know some more was this question posted on founders live nick it wasn't it wasn't i just kind of thought about this morning but maybe uh, maybe that will pop up next yeah it's a good idea um so for another topic that i saw that came from TechCrunch, um that i thought was super interesting was uh google created fake pizza brands 
to test out creative strategies for YouTube ads. Um, and I just thought, I mean, this was super applicable to the work that I do because uh, I'm in the social space, I'm running a bunch of ads, and I mean, my brand is so heavily focused on food. Um, it made a lot of sense. And so, Nick, if you got a chance to look over this article, like, was there any lessons learned from from Google's finding? Uh, I guess to backtrack, to give everyone uh, understanding, they created this fake pizza brand called Dr. Fork, uh, and they ran ads. They created 33 different ads that reached over 20 million impressions on YouTube. I wish I got this ran against me. Um, and maybe it didn't. I just didn't even notice. Then it was a bad ad. Um but what were some of your takeaways from this article about uh, running ads specifically around food? Well, first of all, I think it's one of the takeaways is there's so many crazy, weird, just the whole ad industries and what we see on YouTube. The fact that probably no one realized this was fake uh, is, is an indication. And not only that, but it's like it brings in the question of like, okay, you know, all these brands that we're seeing ads for on YouTube, are those real or fake? Or I mean, you know, just whatever. But um, I think, uh, I don't know, the biggest takeaway for me, which I, I do think is interesting is it's, they, they basically in, they took a fake concept to AB test or at least test things to then discover what seemed to, it was almost like a risk-free way to test what seemed to resonate and work with ads on, on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's actually genius, you know? So, you know, one level of testing uh, in advertising is create your ad and AB test and, you know, figure out the right placement, but it's the real ad. This is like for risk-free, basically, we're going to create something to see what works. And it's a whole fake con it's a fake campaign to actually to see some. And I think that that's really intelligent. Um, and then, you know, like, they they did the whole like um you know they're, they're basically how much human presence should there be in the ads that's one of the things that they're looking at which i think is such a, a deep level of, of thinking or evaluating an, a, a visual ad like someone eating pizza smiling and chewing at the same time is that like good or is that not good you know that's the things that they were testing which i think is i don't know the, those things kind of jumped out at me um is you know we want edge to edge food in our ads so Food should include super close shots of the food to drive favorability and recall. Like, who would actually even think about that? Which is amazing. You know, so those are the things that kind of jumped out at me. Yeah, I mean, just all around, yeah. Shout out to Google. I, I'm really curious. I wish they shared what the conversion stuff was here. Like, what were some mm -hmm. of the goals? I, I mean, I assume they were following up with some type of poll or survey after they ran the ad. Like, do you recall seeing this ad? But... I would love to know, like, it, they took 20 million impressions. Like, mm -hmm. I I wish they would have it, – it could have been a great use case for them if they're like these 20 million impressions uh, theoretically would have cost us, right, $10,000, but we got 10,000 hits to our website, right, which, you know, would have turned into this many transactions. I think that would have been super appealing for them. Um, maybe it wasn't that effective. And so they didn't want to put that information out, but you're totally right. Like from my experience, taking so many pictures of food and posting them online, like the closer you are, if you can really like try to show the intimacy with the food, like your face is right in it and show that flavor, uh, people love it. And then, 
the other thought thing, this last bullet point really stuck out to me. It says younger audiences responded better to first person perspectives than older mm-hmm. audiences did. And I'm curious of like where that comes from because I mean this, and maybe it's social media because now every day when we scroll through social media, it's all first person referrals. I mean, social media is the new word of mouth. And so maybe we're just used to having this individual person like tell us about their experience. And so that is more applicable to the younger audience because that's the world that they live in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, overall I recommend, uh, anyone listening to this go go check out that article especially if you're running ads or you're into food um or just social media in general i think it's super interesting totally and so nick i know we got a uh we got a jet here real quick do you want to talk about uh you got a, a final take on scooters and the bike developments here yeah i just want to list this off i you know do need to get going here quickly so um but thoughts on you know just um there's been a you know this whole like bikes and scooters saga that's like taken over every city if you live in a major city i think is just it's interesting i think it's um i'm not sure the end result yet but uh, my take real quick is you know so lime bike here in seattle is kind of a lone standing uh brand um the city regulated on the amount of bikes that were going to be available you know in the city as well as though there were some fees and regulations around the brands that were here. Um, I don't know. My take is I think it's niche. I don't think it's going to be a massive impact of transportation. Um, given the fact that we've seen two of the main three quote, you know, bike share companies leave. Uh, so it seems like it's falling into a little niche thing that is there available for people, but I don't see it being a huge huge impact um but what about yeah you? i mean i desperately want the scooters i rode them in la and i just thought they were so awesome and i'm going to austin in a couple of weeks and i can't wait to ride them there uh, my job's just like so suited for those things um uh, i should <laughs> use the bikes more um uh, but i don't maybe i'll change my mind on that i doubt i will um uh, but the one thing i want to know is that ofo came out and i think they decided on three charities here in seattle that they're going to donate all the bikes to so i'm really happy to see that uh, because I'm glad that hopefully we won't see a giant uh, pile of discarded bikes. That's my that's my big problem with everything that's going on. But uh, thank you yeah, very totally. much for joining the show here on episode 24. You got any final words for our audience? Uh, hey, if, if you're listening to this on Friday, uh, join us tonight at the Riveter, 6 p.m. There's going to be hundreds of people there. It's going to be awesome. I'm totally excited. Um, if you're listening to this, uh, in the later week uh, or the next week, at the last week of, of August, um, just check out our, our next event here in Seattle is the 20th. Uh, but, you know, search Founders Live and your city. Maybe there's an event coming up here soon. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Nick. I appreciate you joining the, here on the show every single week. Uh, looking forward to tonight and I will talk to you next Friday. All right. See you later.